the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Romans. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. What happens is that when God is denied his rightful place of honor and worship as the supreme and sovereign God of the universe, man will then resort to his base nature. His base nature being evil and wicked. And so when God is removed, then mankind feels unrestrained and mankind will start to do baseless, godless things. Since the fall of humanity in the Garden of Eden, sin has become a part of the human narrative. Since that time, all people are born with a sin nature. The sin nature refers to a human's natural desire and capability to sin against God. And it's when God is taken out of the picture that sin festers and boils over in our lives. When God is removed from the equation, we're left on our own. And on our own, our natural tendency is to drift toward sin. But with Christ, we have the power to overcome sin. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Romans chapter 1 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Now look. And I will use this word, the evil behind the theory of evolution, and it is just that, all right? The evil behind it is that whether intentionally or unintentionally, it is an effort to remove God from the equation of the universe. And once you remove God from the equation of the universe, then man thinks he's not accountable, but he still is whether he wants to acknowledge God or not. He still is. Because the fact that mankind might make an effort to remove God from society and culture and a nation doesn't remove God. And it will deceive us into thinking that we're no longer accountable to God if we pretend like he doesn't exist. You see, in 1968, let me tell you something that happened that was an important turning factor in our own nation. In 1968, the U.S. Supreme Court says that teaching creation in the public schools is a violation of the First Amendment, of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Now, the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the Constitution basically says that government shall not make any law concerning the establishment of religion, that there's freedom of religion. But in 1968, the U.S. Supreme Court decided by whim that the Establishment Clause also applied to not doing anything that in any way might even further religion. And therefore, and though creation had been taught in our schools in this nation for the first 
almost 200 years, in 1968, the U.S. Supreme Court says creation no longer taught in public schools because it could be considered furthering or advancing religion. So what happens? Evolution is now touted as the main doctrine in public schools, and creation is not allowed to be taught. Now, good biology high school teachers have found a way to kind of work around that and challenge people to use their intellect and to, you know, consider other ideas. But nevertheless, there's this prohibition since 1968. Now, consider when you put a few things together about our own national history. You know, when America was established, it was established with Judeo-Christian values. Our forefathers, 24 out of 26 of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, had Bible school or seminary degrees. These were Christians who were interested in establishing a nation with religious freedom for the advancement of the cause of Christ. Now, when you consider that in the the 60s, prayer is removed from the public schools, and in the 60s, creation is removed from the public schools, and in the 70s, abortion is made legal. I mean, I'm more comfortable saying that our nation was founded on Christian principles than I am to say our nation is a Christian nation today because of the direction that our country has been going over many decades. But when you consider what's happened through the 60s and 70s in particular, where is our nation now in regards to God being elevated as supreme, the divine design order, God, man, and creation? No, now it's we're going to teach evolution. We're going to make creation more significant than mankind. You want to argue with me on that, you've got to have an uphill battle because when you consider all that is on the table now in relation to the importance and significance of creation, you have groups like PETA, people for eating tasty animals. I think it's what it's called. I'm not sure. That's what I call it, all right? But it's for the ethical treatment of animals or whatever it is, okay? You, you have all these causes, you know, Greenpeace, we got to go green, what's your f- carbon footprint? Uh, we got to save the spotted owl, we got to save the whale, we got to, you know, keep the universe clean and we got to recycle and we got all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you something, environmentalism has become a God and a religion of its own in our day. And if you're more concerned about saving the rainforest and the spotted owl and whales than you are the unborn baby, then you have made creation over mankind. And that is what is happening in our culture. We are slaughtering babies in a mother's womb, but yet we're going to have sit-ins for the rainforest and we're going to do all that we can to protect the spotted owl. It is an upside-down inverted system. And why is it like that? Because of man's godlessness and wickedness, we want to suppress the truth, and we've inverted the divine design because we don't want to be accountable to God. So now we've eliminated as best we can or relegated God to this, you know, third position or further as far as we can get him down the tree, all right? Because it's all about creation. It's all about the universe. It's all about environmentalism. And, you know, it's all about going green and all this kind of stuff. And maybe there's some good in all of that, but I got to tell you, it just, it continues to just, bother me when I think about all of the causes and and all of the celebrities who want everybody to get together to save the planet. And I think, you know, where's the outcry about saving the unborn baby? And where's the outcry about the elderly who are being euthanized? And, you know, where's the outcry about genocide around the world? You know, where's the outcry about human life and how precious humanity is? 
and how we need to fight for the sanctity of life. And I thank God for people who are on the front lines of this battle, uh, who are in positions of, you know, political office, who are fighting for the cause of the unborn, people in our own general assembly who are doing what they can on, on our own state level. And then we have, you know, congressmen and congresswomen who thankfully have a desire to fight for the unborn. And, but, but folks, it's an uphill battle, and we have to continue to fight with courage because the culture is going in a completely different direction. Now, let me tell you here, by reading the rest of this passage, what happens. Here's the progression of events. You remove God from the equation, even though God is clearly visible in creation. You remove him, you invert it, you put creation above man, above God. Look what else it leads to. Verse 26. Because of this, God gave them over, here's that phrase again, to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. You see what happens? What happens is that when God gets removed from a culture, What happens is that when God is denied his rightful place of honor and worship as the supreme and sovereign God of the universe, man will then resort to his base nature. His base nature being evil and wicked. And so when God is removed, then mankind feels unrestrained and mankind will start to do baseless, godless things to satisfy his or her own lusts and desires and cravings. Okay, now this is a passage here that does clearly talk about homosexuality and lesbianism. And please understand that, and I've tackled this topic at length at at other times, and I'm not going to, you know, make this a whole teaching about it, except to say that, again, we, we have our work cut out for us as a church to be able to stand for what is true but still be loving and reach out to the homosexual. And that is a balancing act because we don't want to compromise the truth, but we, we also want to be able to reach with the love of Jesus people who are in same-sex relationships. Again, as I have said on past occasions, it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court or what any law may decide concerning same-sex marriage or same-sex relationships, I have a biblical view, and that is that I, I love all people, but we have to understand how God defines what is right and what is wrong, and we got to get on the side of what God says. And sometimes if what God says is in contradiction to what government says, I'm going to get on God's side every time. And government is going to lose in that battle every single time. And I don't, I don't know what that means as far as you know what government will end up doing uh, to people like that, but nevertheless, we still need to maintain a disposition of love and acceptance to those in same-sex relationships. Uh, we need to befriend them. We need to be salt and light. We need to be Jesus in real terms, in terms of loving and caring and compassionate, but we need to understand it for what it is. And I didn't write this. Paul writes by inspiration of the Spirit that in those verses I just read, Homosexuality he calls shameful. 
In verse 26, he calls it unnatural. In verse 26, he calls it indecent. In verse 27, and he calls it a perversion in verse 27. Now, the argument again that Paul makes here is, when you remove God, this is the path that a culture is going to go down. This is like incredible. Whenever people say to me, isn't the Bible just an old, a bunch of old stuff? You know, it's so out of date information. I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm reading the newspaper right here. I don't know about you. I feel like I'm reading the newspaper. It's like, you know, now our world is so preoccupied with the environment and creation in the world. God is being dismissed from every place in the public square that he possibly can be as far as some people are concerned. And now we have legalized gay marriages. We have the whole idea of the acceptance of same-sex uh, relationships. And Paul says, you, when you start going down this path of removing God, this is, this is the direction that it's going to go. Now, you know, interestingly, Paul's writing at a time when this is very rampant, very rampant in his, in his own day. This is the Roman Empire, friends. Okay, this is like 58 AD. This is the Roman Empire. Who's the emperor at this particular time? It's Nero. If you know a little bit about Roman history, Nero, first of all, most, some scholars say 11 out of 14 of the Roman emperors practiced homosexual relationships, okay? 11 out of 14. But just to be on the safe side, because there's some dispute about that, a majority, clearly, of the Roman empires practiced same-sex attraction and relationships. And Nero himself is the emperor at this particular time. History tells us this, okay, friends? You can read it up. He had a child, a boy lover, named Sporus, whom he had castrated and then married in a public ceremony. All right? And same-sex attraction was rampant in the Roman culture. In fact, it was worse among men. They would often, predestary is the term that talks about how particularly men of the aristocracy would take teenage boys as their sex partners uh, for their own personal pleasure. It was widely accepted. It was widely practiced. And Paul's writing in this day saying this kind of thing happens in our own culture. See, but why did things actually get better for a time? Because again, when we look at like America and the founding of America on Judeo-Christian values, there was a moral standard that was put in place. And there was a return to God. And there were, you know, the revivals of the 18th century and the 19th century and some in the 20th century, where there was an awakening, at the first, second, and third awakenings in America, where people became more hungry for God and the things of the word. And what happens is when people develop a hunger and a passion for the things of God, then the culture goes that way as well. There's a great story from the great Welsh revival. When so many men were getting saved uh, during the period of the Welsh revival, Everything in Wales, in terms of statistics, greatly improved. Okay, there were fewer people in prison. Alcoholism was down. Murder rates went down. All kinds of crimes and all the things, you know, improved. And economics actually improved as well. But in the coal industry, there, in those who were mining, sorry, it wasn't coal, but in the mines, when they were mining different, uh, um, different geological things, I don't think it was coal, but because I'm remembering this story off the top of my head, and I just came back from a pastor's retreat. So some of this you'll have to look up later to verify. But anyway, but I do remember this part, that as the guys were, were working their mules, bringing out, hauling out all this stuff from the mines, the mules weren't cooperating. 
And the mules weren't cooperating, and they couldn't figure out why the production from the mines had gone down while everything else had improved in the society in Wales. And the answer that they realized was because the mules didn't respond to the guys who were working the mines anymore because the guys weren't cussing at their mules. The mules used to respond to the guys cussing at them, and they learned to respond to that. And then when the guys got saved through the Welsh revival and they cleaned up their language, they didn't cuss at their mules anymore, and so their mules didn't haul out the stuff from the mines. Incredible stuff that happens. When people come in touch with God and you begin to get your life right with him, and all of a sudden he cleans up your heart, he cleans up your mouth, and he cleans up a nation. And that's what happened in America when we grew closer and closer to the Lord, the founding of our nation with Judeo-Christian values, and then various uh, revivals of the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, then what begins to happen is the society begins, the bar of, of moral standards is raised. We can't imagine discussing some of the things we discuss now in terms of their moral significance in our world compared to just a generation ago. This would have been stuff that was unspoken a generation ago. But what happens? How is it now that the moral standard has dropped so low because of the inversion of of the divine order of God? And now as a result, these kind of perversions and these kinds of things happen. When Paul is also writing during this time of the Roman Empire, it was also very similar to our own. And um, you can find on ancient... I don't recommend you look it up, but you can find on ancient uh, paintings and inscriptions, particularly a lot in Pompeii, by the way, before that place was destroyed by Mount Vesuvius, uh, depictions of transgender and um, immoral sexual acts and uh, even cross-dressing in the Roman culture. And again, we have similar things that we're dealing with today. The whole transgender thing and bathrooms and people who identify with whatever gender they identify use whatever bathroom they want. And so the Charlotte Observer came out in great support of this. And I'm just going to read one paragraph from it. This is amazing to think. This is, this is what the editorial said. Quote, yes, the thought of male genitalia in girls locker rooms and vice versa might be distressing to some, but the battle for equality has always been in part about overcoming discomfort with blacks sharing facilities, with gays sharing marriage, and then realizing that it was not nearly so awful as some people imagined, end quote. So the Charlotte Observer comes out with this editorial that says, it's no big deal. So what if a guy's going to be naked uh, and in a girl's locker room and vice versa? Get over it. I mean, this is the kind of thing we've had to get over other kinds of uncomfortable things. And by the way, I don't know what your personal opinion might be, and this is a white guy talking, okay? I'm, a, I'm, I'm completely aware of my own skin color, right? But my African-American friends are outraged that the transgender and homosexual community is using the civil rights movement to advance their own cause. And in fact, there was a great rebuttal to the uh, Charlotte Observer written by Clarence Henderson, who himself is an African-American man, who in 1960 participated in the sit-in at Woolworth Diner in Greensboro, North Carolina. He wrote an article in response to that editorial, said that as a student attending North Carolina A&T University, he says, I experienced the cruel, vicious reality of segregation firsthand. But in his rebuttal to that 
article, let me just read a little bit of it, because I thought, you know, coming from a man who himself understands the civil rights movement and being a part of it and uh, being black himself and, and the issue that he takes, the headline was, I fought for civil rights. It is offensive to compare it with the transgender fight. And he wrote in this, and I'll just read a, a couple of sentences. He said, let us be clear, HB2, now HB2 is House Bill number two that passed in North Carolina that simply said that a person can only use a restroom in a public place that corresponds to his or her biology based on their uh, birth certificate, okay? And so, so he says, let us be clear, HB2 cannot be compared to the injustice of Jim Crow. In fact, it is insulting to liken African-Americans' continuing struggle for equality in America to the liberals' attempt to alter society's accepted norms. Jim Crow laws were put into place to keep an entire race positioned as second-class citizens. HB2 simply says that men and women should use the restroom of their biological sex in government buildings and schools. This comparison is highly offensive and utterly disrespectful to those families and individuals who have shed blood and lost lives to advance the cause of civil rights. I take this as a personal slap in the face because I was an active participant in the civil rights movement, end quote. On so many different levels, this is so confusing and so concerning. But what we're experiencing in our own day, I'm sharing all of this and I'm weaving some of the modern stories into our Bible study here because this is exactly what he's talking about in Romans chapter 1. When this happens, this is going to be the result. Verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over, there's that phrase again, to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. You know, again, to give them over is allowing us to experience the self-destructive result of sin. And God's basically saying, if you want to go down this path, this is going to be the consequences you're going to have to deal with. If this, if you want to deny me as creator, if you want to pretend like all of this just happened by chance over long periods of time, this is what's going to happen, and you will experience the self-destructive results of a sinful, godless life that denies me. And what Paul says here in wrapping all of this up is he says basically this. Sinfulness at its extreme is insanity. He says, because God's going to give you over to a depraved mind. It's insanity. Some of the things that people just, I mean, it's insanity for somebody to write in the Charlotte Observer that it's no big deal if your 10-year-old girl has to shower with a 10-year-old boy. It's no big deal. That's insanity. That is just not even clear thinking. It's not even rational. Paul says that, that therefore, since they didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind. Just insane stuff that people are thinking now and justifying it as somehow normal and okay. A depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Verse 29, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Notice this is a list about our own day. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. 
I just, I just feel like I read the newspaper. This is incredible stuff that we're reading here. And next week, Lord willing, we'll get into chapter 2 because he's going to address a second group of people, not just those who do not deny God in creation, but he's going to address a second group of people in chapter 2 and, and a third group also in chapter 2. But for tonight, let's just put a pause there. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of Cornerstone Connection as Pastor Gary Hamrick teaches through the Book of Romans. If you'd like to hear this message again or others like it, feel free to visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. You can also download our mobile app so you can have these teachings with you on the go. That way you'll never miss a message from Pastor Gary's studies and you'll always have encouragement from God's Word at your fingertips. Find a link to download the app for your iPhone or Android device at our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Simply look under the Teachings tab. While you're there, feel free to take some time to learn about the church this radio ministry originates from, Cornerstone Chapel. We'd be happy to meet you. You'll find all you need to know about service times and other information on our website, Again, that is cornerstoneconnection.cc. We hope and pray that you've been blessed by today's teaching in the book of Romans. Keep reading on your own in this book to discover many other inspiring and motivating things. Pastor Gary will continue teaching through the book of Romans on our next edition of Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul got no place to go, but still you know, you're not alone. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes, mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. Hope is an open ocean, jump in and you'll find the cornerstones, your connection run towards Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.